Hello, hello, and welcome to My Tennis Journey. As you're listening today, it would be amazing if you could hit subscribe or follow if you haven't already. Now, today we are going to get to the heart of an exciting new rating system for this country and many countries across the globe. It's actually an ITF system that has been adopted by the United States Tennis Association, the French Tennis Federation, the Singapore Tennis Association, and in the UK by our governing body, the LTA. The system is called the World Tennis Number. It's kind of similar to the golf handicap system, except it goes from 40 for beginners to one for a professional. The ambition is for the World Tennis Number to be at the heart of a new global tennis community. So I'm really looking forward to getting under the bonnet of the system and finding out all about its algorithm. And who better to do this with than one of the people responsible for the world tennis number in this country, the LTA's head of competition, Keith Carter. Welcome to the show, Keith. How are you doing? Hi, Rob. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm doing very well. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to have a chat. Now, for those people out there who are listening and are thinking, what is this world tennis number? How would you describe what it actually is? So, Rob, as you said, it's a it's a new sort of rating system. It's going to be a, all across the world. So there's actually over 120 nations, including those ones that you listed that have signed up. Uh, it's very much going to be an inclusive rating system. So we're trying to get make sure everyone's got a world tennis number compared to previous systems. Uh, and it, our approach is actually very innovative with regard to the algorithm, all of the data, uh, so, yeah, it's really exciting that we're uh, we're now launching the World Tennis Number in Great Britain. Cool, man. I can't wait to hear all about it. Now, you know, this podcast, clearly, it's called My Tennis Journey. I know it's been quite a journey to get the World Tennis Number launched. You know, can you give us a very quick potted history of World Tennis Number and how we've got to this point where it's now launched? Yeah, so it's something that's definitely been a work in progress for a number of years with, obviously, all the federations involved that's obviously a you know makes it quite a complicated project and obviously the technology behind it as well is very very sophisticated but it's something that uh, we actually piloted in Great Britain with one of our one of our projects so we run local tennis leagues in parks uh, and we always had this problem of how could we you know get people to have a level-based match so how could they have a nice you know even match as it's no fun going on court and uh getting hammered against someone else. So, so we actually worked with Imperial College in London, you know, to try and set up a sort of new algorithm because at that point in time, we knew our rating system didn't really work for adults. Uh, and we tried something there. Equally, the ITF were, were looking at a rating system across the world. So we sort of managed to join forces, share our sort of work uh, and work with the ITF and all the other federations. So really exciting project. It's definitely a, you know, it's sort of taken quite a while, but but I definitely think it's going to be something that's going to be, uh, you know, so hopefully a big game changer in this country. Exciting. And, you know, it's really, I think it's really great to hear that it's a collaboration between so many uh, bodies coming together. Um, you know, why did, from an LTA perspective, why did you kind of feel that a new system was needed? And, and what are the key objectives for World Tennis Number? So I suppose uh, 
we knew that we needed to change the current system. We'd had the current system in place for, well, as long as I can remember. So it's probably quite out of date from a technology perspective. Uh, only changes at the moment, sort of four times a year. You know, and obviously in this sort of modern world, people want to sort of track their progress on a much more sort of live uh, basis. Uh, and the other bit for us, I suppose, with our rating system that we've previously had in Great Britain was it was very much sort of singles focused only. Uh, and also, you know, probably just juniors that were really sort of buying into it and knew what their ratings were. So that was some of the reasons why we wanted to wanted to change the, the current system. So a completely kind of, you know, clean slate, I guess. And now I'm, I think I'm right in saying that every player who is 10 years, 10 years old or above in the UK with an LTA advantage numbers going to be given a, a world tennis number. The scale is going to be from 40 for the beginners through to, to one for the very best in the world. So it is, as I said earlier, a bit like that golf handicap system. You know, what numbers that the players received are going to be based on this algorithm, which is taking data from matches and turning it into a, a rating, into a number. What factors are that algorithm going to be looking at? Yeah, so uh, you've done your homework right. It's definitely, it's from 40 to one. Uh, and it will look at all of your results, Rob, over the last sort of few years that have been processed. Uh, and the key thing really is it's about who you're playing. So who who is the person you're playing? What's their number? You know, and how well you do against that person. One of the other new features for us as well is that it will look at how many sets you win. So previously, the rating system was very much, it was sort of black or white. Did you win or did you lose? Now, if you have a really good match, Rob, and you lose two sets to one, you know, you do get recorded or get the benefit of that one set that you that you did sneak somewhere along the way. So uh, that's sort of in how it works. There's obviously an algorithm behind the scenes that sort of uh, plugs in all of the results from not just all the players in Great Britain, but obviously all the other countries. And then uh, we let the algorithm work its magic, really. Come on. Exciting. And, you know, I have snuck the odd set here and there against a better player. And in the past, it wouldn't have counted for anything. But in the future, you know, it'll get me a little boost of my my number, which which I think I do. I think this is really exciting. I mean, another thing that I, I really like the sound of is that the, you get a number that has nothing to do with your age or your gender. So you could have, you know, in theory, an 11 year old boy with a similar world tennis number as a 65-year-old granny. And in theory, they could have a really good match because the world tennis number that they've been given are similar. Is that right? That is that is definitely right. That's one of the big one of the big goals for us is about everyone having a sort of level-based play. So a big thing in the sport, you know, is about finding someone of the same standard. So that's the big reason for us sort of introducing the world tennis number is that you can find someone, whether it's at your own club, at your park, that you can hopefully get to the point where you say to them sort of, what's your, what's your number? You know, and you can find a bit like with golf, you know, you can find someone and know straight away that you can have a sort of good match. And that is the beauty of tennis, isn't it? That you can play with, you know, someone that's, you know, many, many years older, people of a different gender, age, ability, background, and you can have a good tennis match still. So that's that's the beauty of the sport. And that's where I think the world tennis number will be great that, you know, be loads of kids at a club that will be able to play with someone who's, you know, 50 years older and hopefully have a good, good, you know, match because they know what their world tennis number is and if they're equally sort of uh, matched on court. 
I'm buzzing about that. I mean, our, our son Stanley, who is 11, and I entered our social doubles competition at our local club, but then just because of coaching commitments, I couldn't uh, play the matches in time. To, to So my doubles partner, Stuart Hannibal, uh, he said to me, how about I play with Stanley? You know, Stanley's 11. Why don't we give it a go? And it was genuinely Stanley's, one of his most, his favourite tennis experiences was playing with Stuart alongside other adults. And, and I'm pretty sure that when those world tennis numbers come out, that those guys are going to be in a similar place. And so I absolutely endorse this, you know, and, and I think that, that what you'll see with, from a junior point of view is that you'll see juniors learning things through playing matches with more experienced players that they don't sit learn when they're playing you know just singles competitions where they're batting the ball back to each other there may be a few more lobs there may be a few digs a few more chips and and they're learning about tennis and if we as a community both locally on a global basis can bring players together it's got to be a good thing hasn't it Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I remember how I started playing my tennis, you know, I would have played adult club tennis at 12 or 13, you know, with my dad and his sliced forehand thinking, what, what, what is this? But, you know, that, that's the great thing, isn't it? That everyone can hopefully play with, you know, other people, you know, learn how to beat people with different styles. And I suppose the other bit is also the travel factor, you know, rather than all these kids with their junior tournaments, you know, great that they, you know, we do get the best playing the best, but, you know, if they've got to travel hours to do that, to play someone of the same age of the same world tennis number, why can't they play an adult at their own club, uh, you know, and have an equally as good sort of match as well. So I think it'll open up loads of opportunities, more mixed gender matches as well, you know, in local tennis leagues that we run in all the parks, you know, that's males playing females in singles all the time and it works, works really well. I love this. I mean, I previously did a blog post about the orange ratings and, and they're now gone and and, and, and I love the fact that, you know, I was traveling to, from an orange rating point of view with Stanley, a couple of hours for a tournament, you know, let's go down the local club and play somewhere, you know, and, and, and bring people part of that club. Um, and as you say, it's a great opportunity for our juniors. It's a great opportunity for the adults to be seeing, you know, what the juniors coming through are like and getting to know and, and forming a community. I, I'm so excited about this. Um, something else when I was doing my research into it that I was really interested in is that there's going to be a separate world tennis number for doubles as well as a singles one. W what's the thinking there, Keith? Uh, so the thinking with the world tennis number as a whole is for us to try and engage a lot more people. So at the moment, the system was very much about just singles and probably juniors. And I mean, you know, as well as I do, you know, the amount of people that play sort of doubles in this country and sort of the county and district leagues is absolutely huge but previously they wouldn't have engaged in the LTA rating uh, probably with the club there's probably debates about who goes in what team and people don't know what standard they are and stuff like that so actually having a doubles rating was a great chance for us to sort of engage loads of different people and I think people could say well why don't you combine it I mean you know singles and doubles are very different games uh, I know I'd much rather play doubles as well than uh, than singles uh, so that was the, that was the reason, really. And I think that wasn't just us. That was one of the things about working with all the other federations as well. All across the world, there was this desire to have a singles and a doubles separate ratings, different skills. We've seen obviously loads of uh, British players do amazing as well on the doubles doubles tour. And it is it is a very different game. So it made sense to have two different different ratings there. And some people have both. 
some people might just have one of them depending on what they what they play I think it's a really another great point with it and when I do junior coaching down at our church Broughton club I'll often point up to the I'll coach on the bottom court and I'll point to the courts at the top and I'll say when you're older a lot of what you're going to be playing is doubles and you see a lot of doubles in the adults and as you say a lot of the competitive tennis that people are playing are in their local leagues against other teams and if those matches can start to really count towards the world tennis number, I think that people will be really excited about it. And then just from a, you know, a, a team management point of view right now, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm going, I need to pick the team for the winter league, but I know that if they play for my team, which is the C team, they can't play for the B or the A team. And therefore, am I getting the right players in? And I'm texting them. And I'm saying, I'm saying, if you play for us, you can't play for the Now, anything that helps that, anything that's got to be a good thing for me because I can look at the world tennis numbers a bit like a handicap system in golf and I can say well maybe these are the kind of players who go into that team it's going to make things easier so yeah great great work on the doubles ranking there I think that's really exciting um just to get right into the algorithm I mean when I used to work in in digital marketing and you know I would work for people and I was kind of judged but the team I was leading was judged by how many click-throughs we were getting from Facebook to a website so kind of figuring out the Facebook edge rank algorithm as it used to be be called which decides which post to show to users you know I got I mean at times I would go into a bunker for a week trying to figure out the tweaks to the algorithm find out how I could get my clients work in front of the users I mean is there going to be a way of figuring out and playing the world tennis number algorithm? Uh, I'd wish you luck, Rob, if you can work it out. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it was like I say, it started off with some of the work that we did with some amazing, you know, mathematicians at Imperial College in London and the ITF sort of data scientists. They've got amazing team that have sort of taken it to the next level. So, I mean, it is it is a very sophisticated algorithm uh, I've seen it I did maths a level and I still wouldn't have a clue how to how to sort of work <laughs> it out and the other bit is you need all the details you need all the match results and the data so it's not like our current system where you know you can easily calculate you know did you get six wins who were those wins against and work it out and I think I mean that's going to be a big big change for us obviously I'm sure some people will work it out on web forums or not work it out try and work it out I don't think they'll ever achieve it but they'll you know, people will look to see what the patterns are. But I think the most important bit for us is actually the culture change, just to say, don't worry about it. Just get back on call and just play some matches, you know. And if you do well, you know, your rating, your WTN will, prob will probably change. But let's not worry too much about, like, if you think of the juniors thinking, I must go on court, I must win this match. It's the last match of the season to get my rating up. The pressure there you know, it's probably pretty intense. So it should just be just get back on court and play. And this isn't about, you know, moving up the ladder and, you know, trying to get your WTN better. This is about a tool just to help you find people of a similar standard to play. So it's going to be quite a big, big change, but a change that we're pretty, pretty excited about. So uh, we'll, we'll see how people find that because it's definitely going to be a big shift, really. I think that's such an important message for parents who are listening, Keith, isn't it? Is have that number in the background but don't turn it into something that can be a stress for the child because 
I think if the child's like, ah, my world tennis number is this, I've got to win this match. You know, I think you'll see them shaking when they're serving yeah. in that getting nervous about it. I think if it's something that helps guide the parents, guide the coaches, guide whoever's got visibility of it, but just let the children go and play the matches. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let the sort of tennis take care of itself rather than thinking about every match is enough to think about on a tennis court and, and everyone will change at different rates, won't they? You know, you know, probably people like you and me, Rob, will probably find our number and probably won't change too much, but um, yeah, hope that'll be the big change. Hopefully it takes a lot of the pressure off and it's seen as just a tool to find someone of the same standard rather than a, a race up a ladder all the time. Now, how, how will it work in terms of the permutations that are bound to be out there? You know, take someone like a Joe Salisbury, who, you know, he's one of the best doubles players in the whole wide world. Just amazing what he's achieved. But I don't think he's played singles since, well, in years. Um his doubles world tennis number is going to be as close to one as it can get. What What about his singles ones? You know, will his doubles form inform his singles world tennis number? How would something like that work? So they they are actually totally separate. So they don't sort of, uh, one doesn't inform the other. Uh, Joe is actually, it's quite an interesting example because obviously, yeah, he's a, he's a pro player on the doubles tour, isn't he? Four times Grand Slam winner, recently amazing amazing achievement so he will actually show from a WTM point of view as a doubles player as a pro but actually he has played some singles over the last four years so I don't know if you know so Joe does play uh, National League so plays in LTA National League for for Roehampton Club uh, and does get on the singles court as well so Joe will have a singles WTM that's obviously pretty good as well I think he's going to be around sort of a the two or the three mark. So he's going to be pretty, he's pretty good at singles as well. Obviously not as good as his uh, doubles world ranking, but yeah, he still plays a uh, national league singles for Roehampton club. Keith, you know, I'm, I'm chuckling because I should know that as uh, my brother-in-law, Chris Archer also plays in that team. So I really should know <laughs> that as their probably, teammates. Yeah. I think Joey's played a bit of County cup as well for Surrey in the last few years as well. So he's, um, great that he still plays in those events but yeah so that's you know there will be things like that there'll be some players I'm sure other doubles players that haven't played anything so they just won't have a singles um, sort of WTN yeah I love I love that fact that Joe still plays county, LTA County Cup by the way absolutely brilliant um, yeah I mean from a parental point of view I mentioned Stan earlier he's you know he's 11 he competes regularly he plays for his county will his world tennis number be used to decide whether or not he gets into certain tournaments or would that be more on his ranking yeah so initially if he's playing in you know sort of ranking tournaments so sort of grade five local stuff you know all the way through to sort of county and regional stuff at the higher grades that initially will just look at lta rankings so that will be his acceptance for now will continue like that obviously we'll have to see how wtn beds in where we use it for we will use it for acceptance in certain things i'm sure it will be used more and more so but initially it sort of continues as now for for your son uh had a, had a little look so his wtn i think it's probably gonna be around the sort of 30 mark so uh that's sort of where he'll start but it'll change i'm sure you know very quickly for some of the kids as well 
He's hit the top 30. It's, it's going to be like, you know, when you back in the olden days of the charts where you had a single go in at number 30 and gradually made its way up to the top position. That's what our juniors are going to be looking to do. I think the key bit will be for him is how quickly he overtakes you probably, Rob. Well, I'm, I don't want to know what mine is, Keith. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, if I, if, at least I'll be making the top 40. I'll be in the charts somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I'll t- all I'll tell you is you're you're higher than your son at the moment. But oh, come on, long <laughs> way at last. Um, and yeah, I mean Stanley and, and the other juniors. I know that the the algorithm's going to look at, at four years of data. So Stanley's only eleven. I'm guessing that that it'll only take into account his results since he turned ten. Is that right? Yeah, that that's correct. So it only looks at your sort of. Uh you know, the last four years or like I say for kids, you know, obviously you can't go back to when he was playing mini red or anything like that. We don't look at those, but yeah, that, that's how it works for those kids. The other bit, which is quite exciting for adults is it's going to be quite a lot of adults who probably haven't played anything that was an LTA recorded match. So they can go onto their LTA advantage area and fill in uh, what we call as a sort of player standard questionnaire. And then it will give them a world tennis number sort of straight away rather than just starting everyone at number 40. If they do this player standard questionnaire, if they've never played any LTA matches before and never had anything recorded, it can sort of provisionally move their number up to give them a new world tennis number. So we'll be really keen for as many sort of club players, part players, you know, to fill in that survey to sort of get them on the ladder and then hopefully they can start playing some matches. Uh, We're going to have some uh, new processes or new systems as well. So we're going to be able to have uh, we've got a new online box league tool. So if you're running box leagues at your at your club, you can process those results. And actually, even next year, we'll have it where you could just have a couple of people playing in a park, you know, plug the number in straight after that, or a couple of people, Rob, playing a friendly match at your club. You can stick the, num- stick the results straight in and it can count for your WTN. So we're trying to process as many match results and make it as easy as possible with the technology to do that. Brilliant. And I think from an adult point of view, where you've had people playing for the club in sort of inter-club tournaments in doubles and, you know, the county leagues, Derby Area League around here. Um, I'm sure there's something similar in every county and every area. But those results haven't been traditionally plugged in. I think that it's an opportunity, isn't it, for us as coaches and as clubs to really go out to players and encourage them to go to that link and fill in that form so that they do get that world tennis number. Yeah, definitely. We want as many people to uh, to fill in that sort of player standard questionnaire. And equally, we want as many people as possible, you know, clubs everywhere, parks, coaches like yourself, Rob, to just start processing match results and just get people, you know, tennis is about competing, isn't it? So the more and more people we can get playing matches, but equally, the more data we get from all of these leagues, you know, the better and more accurate the system will be as well. So that's a big, that'll be a big challenge for us as well to try and get, you know, the more match results, the better. I'm just really excited to think about all the different numbers that are going to come out as I'm a bit of a stato. So, Keith, where are you at for your singles and doubles? Are you happy? Yeah, so my uh, my doubles is better than my uh, better than my singles. My doubles WTN is is slightly better. So, I, where am I? I'm just checking. So, I'm I'm a I'm a WTN 18 in, from a doubles point of view, and my singles is a little bit lower. So, my singles is about is about 20. So. Uh, which is probably fair enough. I don't play too much singles apart from the sort of club championships and the odd odd national league match or something like that. So, uh, so yeah, I'm reasonably happy that I'm sort of in the middle ground. 
Brilliant, brilliant. I think it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun for people. This as well as the thing you're just seeing where they are. You know, I think it'll become as well. Maybe maybe fun's not the right word. What it will become is a topic of conversation. Yeah. Just yeah. like you know, if you if you with if you start talking about golf and you and somebody says, oh, you play golf. Uh, somewhere down the line, if they do play golf regularly, they're going to say, oh, do you have a handicap? And I guess that's what we're we're you guys are creating here is this conversational currency around. Okay, then you play tennis. Was oh, do you have a world tennis number? Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely the end goal, isn't it? That you walk into any sort of clubhouse or the bar at the tennis club or something, and people are saying, "Oh, what's your what's your WTN?" And I think it'll be even better when imagine if you go on holiday abroad, Rob, or do something like that, and you're chatting to someone in France, and you say, "Oh, you play tennis. What's your WTN or what's your world tennis number?" I mean, that would be a you know pretty massive achievement for us. So that's what we've got to get to. And, like we said, the key bit for us is getting lots of different people, you know, engaged in it rather than just sort of juniors that were playing tournaments and stuff that you've got your adults that are 75 in the clubhouse, you know, on your social morning chatting about their world tennis number and stuff. So that that's the big bit for us. People in parks that would never have thought about it. You know, we want to try and get everyone talking about it, not just a sort of small percentage of the, the tennis population. Brilliant. I love it. Like one of the talking of the French players, you know, like we've been over to campsites in France and and one of the very few French phrases I know is uh, jouer au tennis. And, uh, <laughs> so now I need to learn, don't I? Jouer au tennis. And now I need to learn the French for what is your world tennis yeah, number, number, please. I can say your French sounds probably pretty much a similar level of my, to my French. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Hey, well, I'm going to learn it. That's my commitment coming out of this. Um, now, Eddie, what I mean, exciting new system just launched. What are your hopes and fears for the world tennis number moving forward, Keith? Yeah, so I think hopes is very much what we just talked about that it, you know, we get everyone talking about it, everyone engages with it, which is going to be a challenge because a lot of people, people don't sort of at the moment. So that, that's the sort of hope that everyone is talking about it, that it becomes part of the you know, tennis landscape that if we're Rob sitting in a pub in a few years time and stuff, that it's just embedded in tennis culture and everyone's sort of happy, everyone sort of trusts the system and trusts the algorithm. So I suppose that's our, definitely our sort of hopes for it, no doubt. I suppose fears would be more on, a, it is a massive technology project. I mean, what what's going on behind the scenes, even if you just think of Great Britain, the number of match results we've had in the last few years is millions and millions and there's hundreds of thousands of players involved. Can you imagine the sort of the data and the technology and all the sort of APIs and all of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes with these technology teams? And that, that's been part of the reason for the, you know, why we're taking a little bit longer than we would have liked. But imagine doing that with every other federation as well, which is what the ITF are trying to do over the next few years, 100 plus federations that all have different technology teams, different technology systems. So actually, although we're trying to make it something really simple, that's a you know quite a really cool thing for tennis, what actually has to go on behind the scenes to make all of that happen, all the different countries, all the different languages, all the different technology teams is actually, a, it's will be an amazing achievement if we can land that. The thing that really comes to mind is the tip of an iceberg. And at the very, very tip, you have that world tennis number. And below it, you just have the biggest, biggest project of millions of results, millions of players all coming together in this algorithm. 
that, that and all that data that then just brings out that world tennis number and makes what is incredibly complicated hopefully very simple yeah yeah that's definitely uh that's definitely the plan and uh I, yeah, we certainly joke at times that we think we probably work in IT sometimes more than we work in work in the tennis industry with this project. So, uh, that's de yeah, definitely trying to make it simple and something to sort of bring it to life on a tennis court. But yeah, all the technology and the infrastructure behind the scenes is pretty crazy, really. Come on, well, Keith, I, I mean, thank you so much for your time. I think um, it's really exciting about the launch of World Tennis Number, about it becoming part of the conversational currency of tennis, about it informing and helping and, and bringing people together to play tennis, which is what it's all about. But I mean, finally, a question that we ask everyone, Keith, um, and we're getting away from algorithms. Um, but if you could go for a drink with anyone, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Hey, I was I was thinking about this one, Rob, as I've listened to a few podcasts and uh, yeah, I thought there's lots, lots of options, lots of, I'd love to speak to any sort of uh, football managers or, uh, you know, sort of everyone like that. But I was thinking of one sort of partly sort of with the sort of world tennis number link here and mainly also because I've read the person's book. So I thought someone like Steve Jobs would be an amazing person, amazing person to sort of, uh, yeah, have that dinner or have that drink with. Uh you know, building a company from from his garage all the way to uh, what what is Apple, where probably everyone's got an Apple phone or a big percentage of the population's got an Apple phone. Obviously, other stuff he did with Pixar as well. And just um, you've obviously working or had worked in marketing, Rob, you know, those marketing campaigns were, were pretty epic as well and stuff that he did. And like I say, links with WTN, you know, it, actually his bit was always about making something really sort of simple and user friendly but actually to get to that point you know it's certainly not been straightforward so that was uh that was my sort of uh steve jobs i think would be a pretty good person to have a dinner or drinks with yeah wouldn't it just and it's one that's really close to my heart actually i have a pupil called charlie and, and he's incredible at fixing phones and he's really passionate about like apple phones and apple products and we had a chat the other day about the apple lisa which was actually the forerunner of the Apple Mac. And, and he, I think he was kind of shocked that I knew all about this. And he, he was talking about Steve Jobs. And I said, well, actually, Charlie, during the 80s, my dad worked for Apple. And my dad oh, was kind of Apple computers. And he took me to the launch of this Apple Lisa. And it turns out it's worth a lot of money now. And I, it's a note to myself. I must give my dad a shout. Say, Have you still got any of those Apple Lisas? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Steve Jobs, I mean, yeah, making the complicated simple and and making it you know something that that really works for people and i think it's a lovely kind of draws everything together doesn't it of, of what what you guys are trying to achieve with world tennis number and, and i hope it's been a, a really good introduction to people today i'm sure it has because there'll be a lot of questions a lot of interest in it i really hope people are talking about it and i really think keith that that your explanations will help them understand it so Thank you so, so much for your time. No worries. Thanks, Rob, for having me. And hopefully everyone can yeah log in and see what their world tennis number is.